How is your carbon footprint hurting your business? Find out more on episode 60 with Stefan, CEO of RVM. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about the best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put the sexy into your supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. Welcome back to all our listeners. Thank you once again for joining us and tuning in to learn more about supply chain from our amazing guests. Today will not disappoint. We are talking all about visibility and control and how to select the right control tower for your supply chain with Martin, the CEO, and Brian, the EVP of MP Objects. Martin Verwimeren is CEO and co-founder of MP Objects, a global software organization that helps logistics service providers, brands, and retailers get end-to-end supply chain visibility and control internally and across all parties. Prior to founding MP Objects, he was vice president of IT for Siva Logistics. He has a PhD in distributed Systems for Integral Inventory Management from Idahoan University of Technology. Brian Hodgson is EVP at MP Objects, where he oversees the pursuit of new and existing customer opportunities, markets, and partnerships. Over his two-decade career, he has held executive-level sales and marketing positions at Descartes Systems Group, Oz Development, and QWill. Brian has a BS in electrical engineering from the University of Waterloo. Welcome to the show, guys. We, ex- we are so excited to get to know you and find out more about MP Objects. So let's get started. Thanks for having us and thanks for introductions. Yeah, it's exciting. It'll be great to uh, give you an update on where we are and how we see the market. Great. So let's, let's start with why don't you tell us about MP Objects? What do you do? How do you do it? And why do organizations love your product or service? Right. MPO basically is uh, a control pl- tower platform used for uh, supply chain orchestration. Um, and basically, as you told in your introduction, it's being used by both uh, shippers, brand owners, retailers, manufacturers, as well as LSPs. And, and both companies, type of companies, basically benefit from MPO because they can, on the one hand, provide more flexible services to their customers, like create an Amazon-like effect, and at the same time also create cost savings by basically making better use of the various parties in their supply chains. The MPO control power tower platform basically helps them by controlling the external activities as good as their internal operations. So we'll explain you a bit more about uh, the secrets of the platform uh, later, but that's basically what MPO does in essence. Awesome. So tell us about the age of the customer. How is that disrupting the the supply chain? This is where we're going to start, and then we'll get more into the control tower later. But I'm really interested in this age of the customer. Yeah, if you think today, I mean, certainly on the consumer side, you think of uh, all the choices and, and demands customers have. So the days of ordering and getting it a few days later are gone. Everything wants, everyone wants things instantly, a lot of choices. And that's migrating into B2B and putting a lot of pressure on, uh, really any, every enterprise has to think about their customers are much more demanding. It might be, uh, tighter delivery windows, shorter cycle times. It might, they may ask their suppliers to manage inventory. So they're not taking that on. 
uh, could be value-added services. So, you know, maybe some equipment's getting delivered and they expect their supplier to provide, you know, maybe a partner to provide testing or configuration services to make that up. So they don't want to do that. Uh, so it's really the, the, the expectations of customers in the B2B and certainly obviously the B2C world just continue to increase and put pressure on supply chains. Uh, and then they're changing quickly. So that could be very uh, facile in being able to serve and offer new logistics solutions to, uh, to meet those customers' expectations. Yeah. So like the Walmart example where they're going to be delivering groceries directly into your refrigerator? Yeah, exactly. You know, and thinking about uh, providing that convenience and then in the B2B world, similar types of things. I mean, they're also shrinking their site, their delivery window. So they might have had their vendors say you can deliver in this three year window and they, they have new requirements that say you can only deliver this one day. If it delivers early, there's a penalty. Yeah. And I, you know what? I think all of it is great, but I also think we need to be a little bit careful with that, you know, and, and where, where it's going and what's, what it means for us down the road. But that's a whole nother conversation. So now let's get into the perfect order. We talked about the age of the customer. So then what is the perfect order? Is there such a thing? What does that look like? Yeah, perfect orders uh, do exist, or at least um, we come very close with our customers. And basically the perfect orders stands for uh, getting anything at any place, anytime, any, anyhow, basically. Uh, these days, consumers, but also business customers typically want to have a wide range of choice when it comes to uh, product variety, assortment, and so on, endless aisle. Uh, and uh, they also would like to, to get those products basically at any place they want, want to have it at any time. You know, that can be you know, really fast, like uh, same day, even these days in e-commerce but also like at particular uh, very narrow time windows uh, in future moments in time and any place uh, on the globe, basically. And then, as Brian already uh, touched upon, there might be all kinds of specific requirements and special instructions like uh, I only want to get, you know, deliver uh, to myself or next door or maybe in health healthcare and hospitals. It should be delivered in a particular way so that the uh, surgeons and so on can, can directly start operations. So all kinds of additional requirements which need to be taken care of in, in the modern world of, um, of, of, of the perfect order. And, and as Brian mentioned, that's an Amazon-like experience, uh, not just in the B2C world, but also in the B2B. You mentioned about, you mentioned uh, Walmart stores. They just renamed into Walmart because they see, you know, the, 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 the e-commerce um, customer experience basically is, is, is basically becoming dominant. And we see this happening not only um, in, the, uh, in the consumer world, we also do serve, you know, industrial companies, we are strong in, in high-tech technology, but also in healthcare these days, um, where all the same requirements of those customers basically need to be dealt with. Uh, at the same time, we also work for logistics service providers who um, take responsibility for control towers for, for shippers to help them with this uh, complex challenge of uh, supply chain orchestration to, in the end, create the perfect orders for those uh, many customers with uh, many different requirements. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's, and it's all about expectations, right? All of us, whether we're consumer or we're, we're in business or, or whatever sector that we're in, it's all about expectation and, and everybody's expectation is, is faster, faster, faster. So we talked about the perfect order. You know, I, I kind of wonder around the perfect order, especially with delivery and, and everything like that. And, 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 you know, the elements and especially this year with everything that's happened, you know, with hurricanes and different things like that. So what are some of the obstacles that could be in the way of a perfect order? 
Yeah, there are uh, various obstacles. Basically, we see our uh, our customers, so the companies we serve as MPO, uh, starting with uh, tackling the first challenge, which is basically lack of integration. So uh, there is lack of information about the activities which are being done by others. So being the companies themselves, including mostly they have like ERP systems, but what's happening out there with the other partners, partners in the supply chain, uh, in many cases is still, let's say, unknown or less known. Think about activities being done by contract manufacturers, freight forwarders, customs brokers, uh, distribution centers, warehouses, uh, carriers, final mile, mile delivery, and so on. So what we typically see is that the first um, challenge is to basically create integration. And once the level of integration has been achieved, to go for the next challenge, which, which basically is collaboration, to make sure that the parties in, in your supply chain can work seamlessly together, making use of the same information flow and instantly basically update uh, the products, the orders and all the things which are happening there. And then finally, and basically that's what we stand for, strive for, and also what we achieve with our top customers is a level of orchestration where typically you optimize flows end to end on behalf of, let's say, the customer to uh, serve the customer requirements, taking into account all the the, the, uh, restrictions or, or options when it comes to um, inventory availability, uh, transportation flows, available capacity, particularly also cost levels to still serve those demanding customers at the lowest lowest cost levels possible. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, that's that's what it's what it's about. You know, the bottom line for those organizations. Okay, so you you mentioned how we a little bit about how we overcome these obstacles. What does it mean to overcome these obstacles, though, for an organization? Like, what does it mean to their bottom line? What does it mean to their everyday operations? What what does that do for them? Yeah. So, and maybe I'll also give you a customer example, but we see. You know, so the bottom line gets manifested in a few things. Uh, one is with better orchestration visibility across their supply chain, you can lower overall inventory. I'll give you an example where we're working with a customer. So that's one example. The uh, second is with faster cycle times and different options to fulfill their customer orders, they end up uh, being able to drive and, and expand more quickly. So to the top line revenue. Uh, and then finally, a uh, set of operational uh, efficiencies, and that's both, you know, in customer service. Uh, so they're spending less time on sort of managing customers, and because they're executing much more uh, efficiently and flawlessly, uh, so the customer satisfaction goes up. And then in the back uh, office, the planning area moves much more to sort of a managed by exception, and they're focused more on the strategy. Uh, so one uh, example is a customer we work with; they're an industrial uh, distributor. And they had, you know, warehouses close to their customers in various regions. Uh, and the challenge was they didn't have a lot of orchestration collaboration between those. So those are sort of regional supply chains. And so as a result, they either were keeping too much inventory locally and they couldn't leverage that maybe for another customer in another region, or they didn't have enough and they couldn't take that order. So you think about that perfect order. It's, it's the right quantity at the right time uh, to deliver to the customer when they need it. Uh, so what they did with uh, MPO is built an orchestration across those uh, and made that a network that now they can run, uh, you know, nightly deliveries between their warehouses uh, and reallocate inventory based on those demands and increase their on-time and full delivery rate uh, to their customers. 
uh, and then overall lower their inventory as well because they can now leverage that pool of inventory across their 10 different distribution centers. I love that. I mean, that's quote unquote taking taking that empty space and, and working within the empty space that you might have. And what I mean that is what I mean by that is in retail, you know, taking a look at the empty space on the walls and different things like that and being able to utilize it. Whereas in this example, you talk about them utilizing overnight deliveries to be able to um, make their inventory levels and deliveries to customers a lot more efficient. So I love that. That's a really, really great example. And I wanted to go back to the collaboration. I was talking in another podcast about how collaboration is so important. And it's really only just, they're only just starting that conversation now internally. That, you know, different departments need to be um, helping out on the supply chain side. And if you take a look at it from a collaboration standpoint, you'll get a lot more efficiencies. Whereas I think before a lot of people were working in silos and some of them, a lot of them still are. And it's amazing the opportunities um, that can come out of taking a look at putting things together, collaborating a little bit more and um, striving for, you know, that perfect order. Right, yeah. So, uh, apart from the example uh, Brian just gave, we will see this happening uh, in the world of international e-commerce, where basically uh, companies manage to, uh, to to deliver in a very precise way at still amazingly low cost levels, making use of multiple parties in a network and get the job done uh, for customers which uh, can literally be on the other side of the world. Like uh, we manage uh, US flows uh, into Europe, uh, South America, even into Asia with very granular service levels being executed by up to 10 parties per order. So there's a real challenge basically in, in getting it done and uh, obviously you need to need an organization for that, consult our organization, but also um, having technology in place to, uh, to manage it end to end. Absolutely. So we've talked about Control Tower. I think now's about the right time to let our listeners in on what exactly that means. So what is a Control Tower? How does it help? Is the control tower a bit of a metaphor? Why don't you go into that for me and our listeners and, and really give us that overview of what that means? Yeah, so uh, certainly there can be at least a couple interpretations. And then we talk to prospects and customers. There's usually some clarification we have to do. So obviously, so there's an organizational element of the control tower, the people managing logistics uh, but certainly from our perspective, from a technology perspective, the control tower provides really, and it, there's a couple different flavors, sort of a supply chain control tower provides end-to-end visibility from the beginning of the order. Again, it could be a sales order uh, on the outbound side or a purchase order. It might include manufacturing activities, include the logistics and transportation steps, could include steps within the, the warehouse. But control tower gives you both you know, visibility, but also control of those and being able to optimize and, and uh, sequence those to build and, and to execute that micro supply chain to deliver that perfect order to the customer. Uh, the other sort of flavors that we see and, and customers ask about are around the dimensions of sort of more strategic, what we call that sort of an analytic control tower. Uh, that provides the ability to look across the network. You have the right partners, the right carriers, the right forwarders and suppliers to serve your customers uh, versus a more operational control tower, which is your team today, your planners, your control tower staff are in that every day, making sure that minute by minute, second by second, the supply chain's executing flawlessly. Uh, now, having said that, that, those aren't necessarily mutually exclusive from a 
technology standpoint, but there are uh, different business objectives when customers and prospects come and ask come and ask us about, hey, I'm looking for a control tower. Absolutely. Okay, so then it's not just a metaphor. People are actually coming to you and, and using the words control tower. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And maybe also to take away uh, some misunderstanding, uh, some basically believe that control tower is about, let's say, putting all people involved into one room or so. Um, and that's not the case anymore, you know, in, in this age. So it's all about, let's say, a virtual place where uh, people work together uh, in the supply chain, share the information, work together, and also optimize the universe end to end. And technology will be in place indeed to, to, to uh, add to the existing systems which are out there over various parties like uh, ERP systems, warehouse systems, and various transport systems, for example. Yeah. And it's one place for them to be all connected. That's it. Okay. Right. So then how you talked about, um, you know, choosing the right partner and different things like that. And I understand that on the logistics side. And But how do you select the right control tower or the right partner to work with to make sure that you're getting the most out of that functionality? Yeah. And I'll start with sort of the technology selection, which uh, breaks down into four areas. First of all, you want to look for something that's very flexible. Uh, by that, I mean supporting all the different order flows. It could be uh, international collaboration with your suppliers, sort of PO management type, type capabilities, vendor managed inventory type capabilities, reverse logistics, uh, multi-tier inventories. It's it's going to provide a scope across all of your supply chain, so you need to make sure it's flexible to support all those. Uh, and then sort of a follow-on to that is make sure that it's configurable. It's not custom-built. It's So it provides the our, you know, our customers the independence to, to change and update as their customers need. Because the, as we talked about earlier, in the age of the customer, the, the needs are changing pretty quickly. So being able to have a solution that's both flexible and configurable keeps the customer's ability to adapt quickly. Uh, you know, clearly there's a, a need for robust integration. You're integrating to various systems, ERP systems, WMS systems, not just with the, with the uh, brand owner or shipper or 3PL, but it could be with their partners, suppliers, carriers. Uh, so the integration capabilities are key. And then the last area is more, again, sort of technology, you know, have the right data model to support the complex flows. And that's an area that, you know, we spend a fair bit of time with our customers and, and prospects sort of explaining and highlighting how it can support sort of the more complex types of uh, flows that they, that they need to execute on. So that's from a technology standpoint, you know, certainly from a partner standpoint, uh, again, I think it, it's, it's similar to other types. Make sure they have the right experience in logistics in your industry uh, because that's going to that's gonna make sure that the implementations are quick and the payback is uh, as expected. Uh, and also thinking about that, you know, back to the multitude of flow supported and order models, what we see our customers doing is a, sort of a fairly – you know, rapid payback, try to get things up and running. Pick one area, don't try to solve the entire problem. Pick an area, create some visibility, and then use that success to justify the next flow and next area. Okay, perfect. And when does a company know that they're ready for it? Like, how would, what would, what would, you know, start that conversation internally and, and really, what are the triggers for them to really know when they're ready to take a look at that control tower model? 
Yeah, we have definitely seen a change uh, in the basically. Uh, in, in the past, maybe the early innovators were triggered from the, let's say, IT side. Uh, these days, we see the topic more and more manifesting with the uh, with the COO, basically, at the supply chain level, supply chain management level. And recently, even a transfer of the topic um, in, in, let's say, the commercial side of the organization, where uh, chief marketing officers and chief sales officers, basically, take supply chain services as an edge and also want to discuss how they can basically realize uh, what others are doing these days. You know, again, referring to the on the fact also manifesting these days in, in the B2B world. So it has become more like a, a, a higher level management or, or board topic. And also it has moved from the IT side via the let's say, operation side into the commercial side. And we see signals coming in, say, these days um, at various levels. Uh, and a more commercial interest and then more top-down approach to the topic, reasoning from the ultimate value it brings uh, to uh, to better serve the market and, again, keeping costs low. I love that. Supply chain at the boardroom level. I mean, that that is really just taking off and starting, and it's it's definitely something that I truly believe organizations need. I also love the fact that marketing is getting involved with supply chain because now people are realizing you know, that everything to do with that delivery of that product and the, and the customer service around that and, and, you know, even the production and different things like that are all marketing tools or could be. So I really like that, you know, and again, coming back to this collaboration thing, everybody's getting together to, to make it work internally. Yeah, maybe so as, as a small anecdote, you know, marketing, it's all about four or five Ps and one of the Ps is to stand for place. I mean, millions of dollars are being spent on the product itself, on, 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 on the pricing and the promotion. And, and basically, the, the, the place being marketing is all about supply chain. And it has been discovered by, by the innovators. And, and they are gaining basically market share quickly. And we see others basically feel threatened and also, uh, let's say, get awake and look at their mind and also think about what, what it means to their supply chain organization, but also to their processes and, and in the end also to the technology platform. Absolutely. All right. So what is next for MPO or MP Objects? What's the future hold? What's your next next big thing? What are you working on? You probably can't give us some of those details, but give us everything that you can. Right. Yeah. First, explain like uh, the, the the platform which we have available for control towers and supply chain orchestration is so rich that we still have a lot to to, to bring it to all the parties which show interest. Yeah. Uh, and again, we were serving let's say the innovators and and these these days also uh, the doctors suddenly uh, knock on our doors, and those are again the, the shippers um, who uh, have basically great products. Uh, and our our slogan to them is your your great products uh, flow with MPO. And, and we have the LSPs, the LSPs who want to basically uh, come up with more value-added services, uh, deliver complete supply chain services, end-to-end, 3PL, 4PL, um, to help the shippers out in their ambitions. And, and so we help LSPs basically develop their, their top line. So our slogan to those LSPs is allow the top LSPs grow in MPO. And so that's basically the go-to-market to make sure that others will make use of the available options uh, being provided by companies like MPO. Uh, when we look at the R&D side, obviously uh, the platform has a lot of algorithms and rules to optimize uh, order flows, but we are uh, further, let's say, developing into uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, uh, predictive an- analytics, and so on, to uh, make the platform even smarter for those companies who, who get ready for that. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that 
these days, uh, technology is more mature maybe than, than most businesses are. But still, we would like to stay ahead of the, of the curve and, and right away first with all the good things uh, uh, happening these days uh, uh, to, let's say, uh, 2020, um, where basically the early uh, adopters will will be in need of, uh, of a control tower platform like MPO. And thereafter, <laughs> there's still a long, a long way to go to also serve, let's say, the mass markets with, uh, with, with the, um, with the um, uh, technology and, and processes and, and, and solutions which we can support. Yeah, I love that. And, and taking a look at the technology in the future as well, you know, with AI, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of blockchain? Blockchain, you know, it has been discussed a lot. Uh, and it's it's an elegant technology. Uh, it's it's elegant, uh, but still it's it's about a beautiful organization on on how to distribute the data and how to provide access to the data. Uh, security is an important thing, uh, and security has different elements. On the one hand, it's confidentiality, so to keep information secure. On the other hand, it's also about availability, so to make sure that information is available. So there are like two contradicting requirements around security. Uh, having it always on and always available, and at the same time, only expose it to the ones who are allowed to get it. And, and blockchain basically is a mechanism to uh, to help differentiate authorization uh, for various parties in the supply chain. So in that sense, it's definitely also something which is uh, being worked upon on our side as a, as a mechanism to uh, to uh, uh, to authorize basically users to the available data, which is distributed over many places. Well, listen, it sounds like you guys have your work cut out for you, and you're doing all sorts of amazing things. So. For more information about MP Objects, go to their website, mp-objects, so O-B-J-E-C-T-S dot com. And for more information about this topic, thanks to Martin, Ryan, Eunice, and the team at MP Objects, we have an amazing free download at our website. It's going to be twobabestalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 61. Thank you guys for coming on the show. So much great information. Love the control tower. I love that the early adopters and, and people are really taking a look at things like this to help them organize internally and to really um, make their supply chains more efficient and cost effective. Thanks for having us and a really good conversation. Thank you. Excellent. Have a great one. Love this show and love age of the customer. It's so true, isn't it? Thanks again to the team at MP Objects. We are in the middle of the holiday break and we will be back once again in January with some more amazing guests and shows for you to tune into. It's been a great year. Thank you for all the love and support. And we wish you nothing but the best this holiday season. Remember to rate us and review us on iTunes. Plus, I have a secret project that I've been working on that you guys are going to love. Now, I'm pretty sure by the time this episode comes out, there's going to be a landing page up so you can go in and put in your email address so that you will be one of the first people who will find out more information about this amazing amazing platform that's going to revolutionize global shipping. So if you want to check it out, go to www.ships.com and again, be one of the first people to put in your email address. So as soon as the information comes out, you will receive it and you will be the first in the know. Thanks again for tuning in. We love you here at Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. And remember everybody, ship happens.